Welcome to the Daring DVM podcast, the veterinary podcast that teaches you how to use psychology, coaching, and your doctor brain to rewire your mind and get what you want in life. If your life is not what you had imagined it would look like 10 years ago, and you're desperately looking for ways to make it how you thought it would be, then this podcast is for you. I am your host, Dr. Amy Grimm, Certified Veterinary Life Coach, Goal-Getting Girl, and Life Work Alignment Pro. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to episode number 25 of the Daring DVM podcast. Since we have been talking about difficult clients and dealing with difficult people, I wanted to now talk about having difficult conversations. Hell yeah, right? Difficult conversations. Well, shit. Now we really are onto the hard stuff. When you need to have a difficult conversation with somebody, it can feel very triggering to your nervous system. And this is because you are on high alert. Your nervous system and your brain sense danger, a perceived threat. So this is a common area where people struggle and they have a hard time because it's freaking difficult to have a charged and emotional conversation. A lot of us are really good at sharing good news or having casual conversations, but not many of us are skilled at having difficult ones. And when I say skilled, I mean it. This is something that can only get better if you actually practice having these types of conversations. The techniques that I'm going to share with you today can be applied to the easy fun conversations as well, but we're going to be looking at them through the lens of knowing that they're going to be difficult. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever avoided having a needed conversation for a really, really, really long time? Whether that be in a romantic relationship or with a family member or maybe at work and you postponed it or talked yourself out of it so many times that you ended up just not having it. If you've done this, then you probably already have a first-hand experience of how harmful it can be to do this to yourself, to the relationship with the other person, and maybe even to the other person themselves. Having these types of conversations is hard. You feel the pressure because you know you need to address something in a kind and clear and direct way. And you know that what you have to say may not be very comfortable for the other person to hear. Maybe you're worried about how they will react. But if you don't say something, then you're the one who is usually going to end up holding resentment. You're going to hold a grudge and maybe swallow your feelings and pretend everything is fine when it isn't. And the problem with this is that these resentments can turn into blame or anger or unhealthy relationship patterns like talking behind somebody's back instead of just having an honest, direct conversation with them. Maybe you become passive-aggressive, or maybe you become sarcastic with them, or make snide remarks, or give them the silent treatment. You might also do things like repress your own needs, not honor your own values, 
avoid setting healthy boundaries, or put up with behaviors you actually don't like or want. Avoiding hard conversations because of worries about hurt feelings or wanting to avoid conflict down the road just ends up causing more problems because each day that passes causes more detachment for those involved and it can become a breeding ground for further misunderstanding. There are a lot of reasons why having difficult conversations is really important and healthy for our lives. In fact, avoiding them is one of the reasons that many friendships and relationships often end up falling apart. And people can hold grudges for years or even a lifetime. Avoiding difficult conversations is also one of the reasons that people stay in relationships or jobs that don't serve them. And, many times, avoiding a difficult conversation is one of the things that actually helps prejudice and harmful behaviors continue, right? Being able to talk about tough topics like feminism or racism or homophobia is necessary, not only because it's important to speak your mind on these issues, but also because it really does make a difference in the world when we have these discussions. This is how change happens. Having difficult conversations helps you stop being a victim and stand up for yourself and stand up for what matters and be more empowered and authentic and resilient in all the situations you face in your life. Difficult conversations are healthy. Difficult conversations are necessary. But here's the problem. Most of us are conflict-averse. I mean, come on, who really enjoys conflict? We want to avoid the tough talks. It's much more comfortable to avoid them, in the short term. But in the long term, when we continually avoid the hard stuff, then it can lead to personal issues, work-related issues, societal issues, and even global issues. So I know it's hard to have these conversations, but it's crucial that we do. Having these challenging communication exchanges is something that I still work on. It's something I find challenging, and I'm sure that many of you can relate to this too. So what I'm going to offer you today is a framework so that you can approach the difficult conversations in your life with intention, kindness, clarity, and inner strength. I'm going to split this into two episodes, actually. Today, I'm sharing the framework for having the conversation. This is a guide to help you navigate the conversation and to show up as your best self. And in part two, I'll be sharing how to prepare for these types of conversations. Because if you want it to go as well as possible, then you need to put in the work ahead of time. Okay, so step one is starting the conversation. You know you need to have a difficult conversation. You've done the mental work ahead of time. You're approaching the person and the topic from a clean space and you're ready. So now what? First, it's always a good idea to ask for consent. Ask the other person, is this a good time to talk? Ask them when would be a good time to talk. If the other person is not physically, mentally, or emotionally able to have a difficult conversation in that moment, 
then we don't want to have the conversation in that moment. If somebody is so completely overwhelmed or unable to focus, then it's not a great time to suggest that you want to talk about something. So be kind to the other person and let them know that you very much would like to talk with them and figure out a time that would work if it's not right then. Okay, so now you have consent for your communication exchange. So the next step is to set the stage and let the person know what it is you want to discuss. You want to start with being upfront and honest and letting them know that there is something you would like to share with them. You can even preface it by saying that maybe this is difficult for them to hear or that it is difficult for you to share. This will require courage and vulnerability on your part and it is going to help you connect. It shows the other person that you are open and caring and respectful. It is helpful to share with them why you want to have the conversation so that they do not feel completely blindsided. Highlight the importance to you. Be authentic and find a way to enter into the conversation gently. You don't want to be over the top and come in too hard. Give the other person some time to adjust. A helpful strategy to do this is to focus on I statements instead of you statements. Starting a conversation with you blah 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 is likely going to make the other person defensive and will likely create a negative or hostile space. Be deliberate about the beginning of your conversation. Share your concerns and your feelings using I statements and describe how you are feeling and what you are thinking about the circumstance. Step three is to remain neutral and to only share the facts. You can share how something impacts you or how you felt about it based on your thoughts about it, but do not make the mistake of telling the other person that they made you feel a certain way. Remember, your thoughts are the only things that can cause your feelings. So take accountability for that and avoid dramatic language. Avoid judgmental language. Be specific. Explain why you think that the facts of the situation are a problem. Share the impact that these have had on you or could have on the future. Be as transparent as possible and avoid all or nothing words like always or never. Allow for room because Life is 50-50, and there are always shades of gray. So instead of saying, you never do the dishes, and it's making me mad because you obviously just don't care about me or this relationship, instead, try, I noticed that over the last three weeks, I have done the dishes each night, and I feel frustrated about this because I am making it mean that you don't care and that you don't want to help. Notice how different these statements are. The first one is accusatory and dramatic and will likely put your partner on the defensive. While the second one is objective, it clearly states the facts, it clearly states your concern based on what you interpret the problem to be, and it lets your partner know what you see as the problem and creates an opening for their response. The other thing to remember when stating the facts is to state 
all the facts. This includes asking yourself what else is true about the situation. The truth is always going to have two sides. If you are having a conversation because something is not going well, then remember that there are some things that are going well too. So share those facts as well. Like maybe your partner has not been helping with the dishes for the last three weeks, and you've noticed that they have been keeping up on the laundry or helping in other ways. You can still acknowledge and appreciate that. Sharing the whole truth will likely lead you to sharing a much more balanced perspective and one in which the other person can respond without feeling as if they are just being attacked. The fourth part of this framework is to stick to one topic. Oh my god, do not pull in other events and pile on things in an attempt to manipulate or overwhelm the other person just to prove yourself right. The goal is to remain solution-focused, And you're not going to be able to solve a damn thing if you keep dumping a bunch of other problems on top of it. Deal with one issue at a time. Yes, maybe there are multiple issues to deal with, but you do not have to pile them all on at once. Your conversation will be much more productive if you deal with one challenge at a time. Focus on the relationship between the two of you as being a very valuable asset and try to figure out a win-win. When you do this, the other person will sense it and be much more likely to want to work with you toward a resolution. The fifth part is that during the conversation, you do want to pay attention to your body language and your nonverbal cues. What message are you sending? Is it consistent with the words that are coming out of your mouth? How are you feeling in your own body? Remind yourself how you want to show up, and what feelings will keep this conversation on track for you. Are you being curious? Are you being compassionate? Are you showing understanding? Or are you being judgmental or sarcastic or mean? Remember, difficult conversations feel like conflict and conflict feels dangerous to us. So throughout the conversation, you will be trying to regulate yourself. It's okay to pause, to check in with yourself, to breathe, and to remind yourself to relax. Check in with yourself, check in with your body language, your tone, your words, pause and realign as needed. The conversation does not have to be rushed. It can take as much time as it needs to take. The sixth part to this framework is to clearly and kindly Let the other person know what you are asking of them or what you hope the end result of the conversation will be. What do you hope that their response is? You cannot control or demand a response, but you can certainly make a request and explain why you are making that request. Be clear about your desired outcome. Ask for what you want. Don't try to tell them what you don't want. Keep it positive. So instead of saying that you don't want to end up in a relationship where you're the one who always has to do the dishes, try making a request instead. I would love it if you would do the dishes every other night. And explain why. Because it means so much to me that I have a partner who contributes equally and shares these responsibilities with me. And finally, remember... 
This conversation is a communication exchange. Once you have shared with the other person, it is very likely that they will want to respond. The goal is not for you to monopolize the conversation. You've said your piece. Now be willing to hear the other person's side of the story and listen with a desire to truly understand them. Try to withhold any judgments, any aggression, and don't interrupt while you're listening to their reply. This is the goal. Being listened to and truly heard on both sides is the ultimate tension diffuser. It is what cultivates healthy connections and psychological safety. Aim to be present, to be calm, to be kind, and to seek understanding. Here are some things that you can do while the other person is responding. You want to enter listening mode. You want to seek to understand before being understood. Let go of your desire to be right and get curious instead. When the person shares something with you, ask yourself, what are you making that mean? You can also ask yourself, what is the kindest, most caring thing that I can do right now? as this will help you remain kind and compassionate toward the other person and yourself. Ask questions to clarify their opinion or position. Don't just listen in order to respond. Listen to understand. Acknowledge their perspective. Show appreciation for them and their willingness to enter this conversation with you. And lastly, talk about any follow-up or any resolutions that you can agree upon. Now remember, it is okay if they are upset. It is okay if they are defensive or angry or difficult. Let them have their voice. Only their thinking is creating their emotion, and only your thinking is creating yours. So think about managing your own stress response during the conversation, and be aware of what might be happening to the other person too because they're probably also having a hard time navigating the conversation and managing their emotions and level of stress. Ideally, we would reach a mutual understanding, a win-win situation, a solution that works for both parties. But as you are wrapping up this communication exchange, remember that you need to accept whatever the other person's decision is, whether it's what you hoped for or not. You get to decide what you make it mean, and you get to decide how you want to react to it. You are responsible for your own emotions, regardless of what they say. Whether or not you deem the conversation as a success, you are still responsible for your own emotions, and you will likely need to regulate yourself again. This is completely normal. As humans, we are constantly going back and forth between the states of being stressed and being regulated. And it is not abnormal to leave a difficult conversation feeling stressed. That is okay. The question is, what are you going to do to help yourself become regulated again? What are you going to do to have your own back regardless of the outcome? The more you do this, learn to regulate yourself and have your own back regardless of the outcome, the less daunting these conversations will become, and you'll be able to enter them with less fear and likely be more successful at them. Because 
You know that you can handle any outcome. You have your own back no matter what. Okay, friends. So that was the framework for having a difficult conversation. Start with doing the prep work, which we'll discuss next time. Get consent before starting the conversation. Clearly and gently set the stage for the conversation by letting the other person know what you want to talk about and why it is important to you. Use I statements and take accountability for your part. Avoid all or nothing language. Stick to the facts and share all the facts, not just the ones that support your story. Don't pile on problems. Stick to one topic and work toward a resolution. Pay attention to your own level of stress and regulate yourself throughout the communication exchange. Be aware of your body language, your tone of voice, and your words. Allow grace and patience for both yourself and the other person. Clearly and kindly make your request. Listen with the desire to understand where the other person is coming from. Accept that the other person is allowed to be upset. And accept that the other person is allowed to make their own decision and that you need to accept their decision even if it does not match what you want. You know that you have your own back no matter what. So even if the outcome is not what you desired, you can remain calm, accept what is, and then you can decide what to do next for yourself from a place of kindness and peace. My challenge to you this week is to go practice having difficult conversations. Yay! It doesn't have to be a huge problem. Start with something small. Try to use this framework and get comfortable with it. That's the goal. When you keep practicing, eventually it will become second nature. When we practice having these difficult conversations in a healthy, clear, and compassionate way, then we really do improve our own mental and emotional strength and capacity to have these. We improve our ability to have the conversation and to navigate the conversation in a more harmonious manner. This allows us to build relationships and connect with other people. So even though this practice might feel uncomfortable, I really do encourage you to go out and practice it. And my hope is that this brings you more fulfilling relationships, less stress, and greater mental strength. My ask at the end of this rather one-sided conversation, <laughs> I know, I know, is if you know somebody who you think might benefit from listening to this episode, then please share it with them. Sharing it could really help them to feel better and to improve the quality of their life. And if you found this episode helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment or review. This helps me reach more people and share this type of information with those who want to hear it. And if you want more support in becoming mentally stronger and building your own resilience and your own relationships, come follow me on Instagram at DaringDVM or visit the DaringDVM website to sign up for a free coaching session. Thanks again for tuning in. I love who you are and even more than that, I love who you're becoming. Dare to dream.
If you love what you're learning in this podcast, you have to come coach with me in my Daring DVM coaching program. It's where you get individual help applying these concepts to your own life. This is where we address your challenges, crush your goals, and create your dream life. It's where I help other veterinarians who are struggling, just like I once was, to create and cultivate their dream life too. Helping you is my favorite thing to do, and it will change your life. I guarantee it. Come coach with me at www.daringdvm.com forward slash coaching. That's daringdvm.com forward slash coaching. I cannot wait to meet you. Dare to dream.